welcome back to the Deliberate Day podcast. We are your hosts, Tiffany and Brittany, and we are mamas to many, and we are coming to kind of close out or bring closure to a lot of the talk we've been doing this month on goals because we thought it might be fun to share our goals with you, mostly because we're curious about everybody else's goals, and we're like, I wonder if all of our listeners out there are curious what we're doing actually in our own lives for our goals. So we thought we'd pop on today and we would share some of that. So I think we'll just kind of start out with a little discussion on our different approaches to goals. (laughs) What she really means there is like we approach things very differently personality-wise and temperament-wise. Okay. We complement each other a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But definitely Tiffany and I are opposites attract in this friendship. It Well, and it's so crazy. I was telling Brittany on the way over here, she is my husband personality wise like I have married a male version of Brittany's personality which explains why we're such good friends yeah I mean it really does so why don't you go ahead are you okay with sharing your temperament with yeah with the crowd here so my overarching temperaments are choleric and melancholic And so I'm literally the exact opposite on the quadrant of four, which (laughs) both of us found out from our friend Kylie Hine. I am sanguine. That's how I'm saying it. I'm just sticking to it and phlegmatic. So I am literally the exact opposite of Brittany. And that I think that comes up and it shows in our goal planning, right? Oh, I definitely think. I think it shows up everywhere in our lives, everywhere, period, the end. (laughs) So let me give you, I was actually taking a second to look this up. Melancholic, phlegmatic tend on the introverted side, whereas choleric and sanguine tend on the extroverted side. And I'll tell you a little bit about the melancholic, choleric, sanguine, and phlegmatic temperaments really quick. So melancholic is kind of a deep thinker. They're a little bit poetic, analytical. They feel things very deeply. They take things personally. (laughs) They're devoted and compassionate, thoughtful and reserved, overwhelmed by tasks, sometimes anxious, and they're kind of a glass half empty and a little bit fearful. (laughs) Then we've got sanguine, which is social. They love activities. They love discussions. They love people. They delight in change. They have trouble concentrating. They are very loving and forgiving. They're innovative, talkative, and forgetful. Super forgetful. (laughs) Then we've got choleric, which is a bit fiery. They're quick in action. They're natural leaders. They have keen interests. They're quick to judge, easy to anger and unforgiving, demanding and aggressive, organized, ambitious, and heroic. Okay, we need to mention they're not quick to judge. They're quick to assess. I would agree with that. That's your word. Assess. (laughs) Brittany says it's quick to assess. I really do. I really do stand behind that because I don't look at people and judge them and hold those judgments over them or anything, but I'm very quick to assess situations and decide, okay, is that something I need to change about myself? Is that something that I want to be careful not to do? Or I'm assessing in a situation, is this the best way to do something or could it be improved? I'm always assessing things. Well, and I think that makes you excellent at what Sterling Jayquist talked about in our podcast on moms and assessing each day. I would agree. I think that's been a huge help in my motherhood. So let's get to phlegmatic now. Phlegmatics appear a bit lazy. They're relaxed and peaceful 
quiet and complacent. They like to be left alone. They love food and swimming. It can be hard to motivate them. They are cheerful and easygoing. They like comfort. They avoid crisis, and they are peacemakers. I think you just explained me. (laughs) That gives you a little insight into our temperaments. And if you guys want to know your temperaments, we actually had a guest on our podcast, Kylie Hines. She's fantastic. And we'll share the link to that podcast and her link to the temperaments test in our podcast notes for this. And once you know what you are, please tell us. Send us a DM. That is worth a DM. Oh my gosh, yes. Totally send it. We would love to have a conversation with you about it. It's so fun to find out your temperament. And it's neat to see the way that that comes into play into various things. Especially goal planning. Especially goal planning. Because honestly, I think I have a little bit of goal disappointment coming into this year. And so it that disappointment of not really reaching goals and just having such a crazy year when I kind of crave order and organization and a bit of alone time, that changed the outlook of my goal planning for this year. Okay, so I would like to know... How did it change your goal planning for this year that you had goal trauma last year? (laughs) Okay, so I love that you're calling it goal trauma. (laughs) That was Sterling Jayquith. That one is attributable to trauma. Yeah. Okay, so it changed the dynamic because instead of picking all finish lines for things and planning everything out over the year, I started looking just in quarters. And then just for the first quarter, we actually broke it down in 30-day groups, but here's what I did differently. It's not 30 consecutive days. It's like in this quarter, I want to hit 30 days in this particular area. And because our life changes on the daily, maybe even minute by minute with a big family and with lots of different things, our friend just experienced a loss in their family and that, you know, Tiffany and I wanted to spring to action and support her and support them. And so that kind of changes the way the day looks. It changes how dinner looks that day. It changes how you might be babysitting extra kids that day. And so because of all of those changes, I can't just stay 100% committed to my goals and throw everything else out. So I just made a goal for myself to like hit 30 days. And I just printed out a sheet and it has 30 circles on it. And I fill in the circle and I'm like, okay, you know what? We hit this particular goal today. I'm filling in this circle. And so that's kind of how my mindset shifted around. I'm going to tackle these goals. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be fantastic. And I set a reasonable goal that fits within my capacity and also still encourages me because I'm somebody who needs encouragement along the way. I'm somebody who needs to get that high of checking something off and get the high of probably getting a reward, (laughs) which is also something I set myself up for. Because at the end of that 30 days, I have a reward written at the bottom of that sheet of paper. What about you, though? Tell me how your goals have changed. So I wrote them down this year. That's a big win for me. I didn't just rely on... Envision them in your head? I didn't just envision them in my head or imagine them. And last year, to be honest, I didn't set a goal. Like, I had no goals. 2023 was a year of, meh, well... Let's see. Okay, but also I found out this kind of December, January, as Brittany was walking through our our last year goals with me, I will set a goal and then completely forget about it. Like, (laughs) it's gone. Like, I write it down and it is just, woo, you know, and it's just survival. Like, 
that is probably 90% of 2023 was survival. And I kind of come and go like I have an ebb and flow. So this year, I'm writing stuff down. I just listened to a goal podcast. I love listening to podcasts, yes. you guys. Uh, John Acuff has a series going on. And I listened to one of his podcasts. I couldn't tell you which one because I listened to way too many. I see. I need to start writing those <laughs> down too. But it said, or he said, that the more you touch a goal, the more intelligent that goal gets. Mm -hmm. So that is what I'm doing this year. I'm doing the 30-day goal planning just like you are mm -hmm. for different reasons. But then I am going to touch that goal as much as I can. Honestly, I would like to touch that goal daily if I can. And unlike you, which I'm okay, like, you know, with the day after perfect, it doesn't bother me. But I'm also really big on streaks. If you've yeah. been listening to us forever, I tried to do post-its for my husband every day. <laughs> it got really weird. But I am good at streaks. Like I can do, I just hit 300 on Duolingo. There were some streak freezes, I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I love streaks, and so I feel like if I touch those goals every day for 30 days, it's much more likely that I'll remember them. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so for me, I'm very visual. My touch point on those is that I have those 30-day things posted up where I see them every single day. And I've seen them, you guys. They're so pretty. I love your sleep one that ah, sits right you. next yes. to your, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other thing I love. I love making things pretty. She does. And <laughs> but if you're like that, though, like you can make that work for you. Yeah, you definitely can. And I think the interesting thing this year, our approach to goals, because we've done a lot of goal planning together over the years, it was neat to see the way that our goal planning has changed and shaped. And following 2023, which I feel like really was just a year of survival, kind of, there was just so many things that were not really planned for or predicted because they just kept coming up. There was a lot of loss in our families. There was a lot of just, I don't even know. The year was, it, 2023 felt very hard and it felt so good to come into 2024 fresh and new. And so to look at goals differently this year and to see how we're approaching the goals differently, even planning side by side and using the same materials to plan them out has been really, really neat and interesting. So tell me, how are you planning to put touch points on your goals every single day? So every morning, I have a pretty robust morning routine, right? I get up at a yes, certain time. I do. <laughs> I do. So I get up at four. I start it with prayer with Father Mike, of course, and then I do some meditation. Uh, and then I'm actually adding my growth day plan to my morning routine, and that includes really looking at my goals for the day and my goal pages and kind of knowing what do I need to do today, you know? So are you actually making choices in the morning when you're going over that and saying, I want to hit this, I want to hit this, I want to hit this? Yes. And that's how I'm choosing what to prioritize, which I know you do an excellent job at every I, single day. I try to do that every single morning. It's almost like I've been spending time with you forever <laughs> and I'm and just realizing this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting better at the day after perfect, and you're getting more organized. I'm working on it. I'm really working on it. So what, how are you working each goal into your morning? That is a good question. So for me, it's very visual. Like I said, those 30-day pages, and so I've got them kind of posted up. So I'm seeing those when I come out of my bedroom. They're in my office area. I'm checking over them, so sleep is one of them. So when I get up in the morning, I get to put 
that sticker on or I get to fill in that circle and that's one touch point I have with that. Also, as I'm coming to bed, I look at all of my goals as well and that kind of gives me that touch point with them. But I'm not specifically sitting down and planning for each of them every day because a lot of the things we did there, little things we're trying to work in and little ways we're trying to change habits And then some of them are these big finish lines that don't require something every single day, but just require being kind of kept in the back of my mind. So, for instance, we're going on a family reunion trip this year. That's one of our goals as a family. So for me, it's having that touch point of being like, okay, I'm looking at this goal and I know that if I'm tempted to spend extra money, okay, I want to be more intentional and I want to save that money for this trip. Or hey, as we're looking and talking about Kentucky and homeschooling today, maybe we want to look at Mammoth Caves, you know, and see, could we go visit there? And so that's kind of the touch point I have on it. But because I'm visual, I find that just seeing those goals on those papers every day is really, really helpful to me. Well, and your memory is better, right? So you're kind of working with a memory that's pretty much remembering those things anyways because of who you are. I don't think you're ever going to lose sight of what those goals are because that's not you, (laughs) right? I hope not, but (laughs) I don't know. Life is crazy right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I agree. I think that I do tend to keep things at the forefront of my mind, and I do tend to hold on to goals and dreams and things that we're trying to achieve. Which which is good because I don't at all, (laughs) which is why I need to look at, say, my goal to honor our homeschool. That's a big goal of mine for this first quarter, right? Mm -hmm. And I should say that I'm also planning by the quarter because who knows, right? So much changes. So So much changes. Yeah. So much changes day to day, week to week, and even in 30 days. And so it's, it's really hard to plan out a whole year and then just expect to stay committed to that. Yes, and you're not the only one who says that because when I listened to one of those podcasts with John Acuff, he said he can tell you what's going to happen in a year with about, oh, I don't even know, 60% like of a success rate, which I would say is true. Yeah. You can, like, who knows? Yeah. Especially in the last couple of years. I have seen things happen, y'all, that I didn't even know would happen in my lifetime. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So anyway, so for me, checking in with that goal of honoring our homeschool every morning and then making that part of our actual day, that is helpful for me because I can say, okay, this is the time we're starting. These are the subjects that we're going to prioritize. And then I can move forward from there. So what's another one of your goals? So we know you've got a family reunion. What else do you have coming up? So one of the things we also did this year was we took themes versus actually breaking down every single goal and saying like this is what we're going to achieve this is what we're going to achieve this is what we're going to achieve and I have to say like that actually may change after this quarter we're testing that out to see how that's going to work for us so we just looked at areas that were the most important to us to focus on and then my husband and I sat down and we said okay what are the things that we would really love to see happen this year what are the habits we'd love to see cultivated what are the finish lines we'd like to make happen and are there any kind of like really big dreams that we want to hit. So our themes right now are to feel good in our bodies, growth and visibility for the delivered day, our relationship with God, blessing our home, family growth and relationships, homeschooling, and financial intentionality. And so those are the themes that we're working within this year. What about you? 
Okay, so I actually started a little theme thing too, but I will say I am not working on all of my themes at the same time. Ooh, me neither. Ah. I think that's... Okay. <laughs> I okay. think definitely we need to dig into why and how we are doing it. Okay. But what are your themes? Okay, so I have... Um, for my themes, I have raising adults, which includes my homeschool kids and my non-homeschooled kids. I have health and holiness because I think those are two things that go kind of hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. I have work and learning, and that's learning associated with the work that I'm doing, uh, mostly because Brittany and I have a lot of courses we've bought and then never actually finished. <laughs> okay. Which is also my problem. I was going to say, I keep trying to finish courses. You do. You do. <laughs> okay. And that's me dragging my feet. I've got Thanksgiving 2040, which is an idea that we can dive a little bit deeper into later. I have... Wait, did you say 2040? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm very curious. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll have to wait. Uh, <laughs> um, home spaces and habits. Uh, Y'all can't come to my house. No one can come to my house, actually. And if you did, I'd be like, ooh, so yeah. Anyways, but that is going to change. Also, we have community. And actually, community is going to be a part of the theme of the barns, which Ugh. kind of crosses a lot of different boundaries for us. But we can we can dream out loud about those in a little bit. Yeah. So those are all of my kind of big overarching themes, at least for this first three months, because just like Brittany, I'm going to try it out. And I for sure am not going to be upset when maybe things don't pan out exactly as I want, but at least I have an idea of what direction I'm going in. Okay, so let's break those down even further then. Tell me, let's go one-to-one. -one. And let's start with the business because I think that's where our goals overlap the most. But I actually, I would imagine that our goals overlap actually in quite a few areas. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So let's talk about growth and visibility for the business first. Okay. So this is cheating because literally we sat down and wrote it down next to each other. I yes. Think. Yes. Um, but that's that's what I was saying, though. Like, this is where our goals overlap the most because oh, we sat down and planned this together. We really did. <laughs> so we're literally achieving the same exact goals here. We are. Well, so growth and visibility for the Deliberate Day has been a really big thing. I don't know if all of our listeners know this, but reaching out to people, Brittany and I have such a heart for moms. We want so much for moms who are moms who were where we were. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, reaching out and doing these things that we're doing is important, but I think it's so important for us to get our message out because somewhere out there is a mom sitting in her living room surrounded by multiple children feeling stuck, and that is not what we want, right? Exactly. We just want to be able to provide support for an area where we really needed support at that time, and it's not always easy to find. It is not. Or even easy to create. It, oh, my goodness. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to create. We really want women to be part of our community so that we can literally hold your hand and tell you things that we've done that have worked and bring you with us, but also mm -hmm. learn from you. Because I don't know, but I, I do know about you. We are literally learning every single day. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think actually, even in the day and age that we have where technology is so prevalent, it's actually easier to feel alone now than it was 10 years ago when I had a five-year-old and, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, how many kids did I have? A lot. <laughs> at least four and I was pregnant with one 10 years ago. Yeah. So it was hard then to make community and to find people. It's really easy to feel alone. It's really easy to feel like you're the only person who is going through what you're going through. And so anything we can do to support moms in that area, to support them in creating good systems, in creating good life goals, in understanding their capacity and changing their mindset, like that is the mission that is on our hearts. Well, and I would even say it's literally the phone. Right now, Mm -hmm. every mom is competing with another mom and with her phone. Because if you go to a park these days, and I get it, trust me. I am probably one of the moms on my phone, usually returning a text from my 19-year-old or my 18-year-old, soon-to-be. But it is a different, it's an entirely different place right now, going out and trying to be friends with people and meet people, because you literally have to get their attention. Yes. And and interrupt someone. Yes. <laughs> Which that's not easy to do, period. To start a conversation or to do anything, but then to actually interrupt whatever they're doing, that's hard too. And we're using the phones as mind melting a lot of times or yep. buffering. Yeah. So moms don't want to be interrupted. No. Nope. It's like, ah, this is the only second I got to be by myself and to not use my brain right now. That and and that is true. And we're not saying moms don't deserve time. To mind melt, to buffer. Definitely not. But it it does make it much more difficult to get out and meet real live moms. Okay, so tell me about the goals we have for this year then. We have growth and visibility. Where does that funnel into in this first quarter? Okay, so for this first quarter, growth and visibility. So as far as growth goes, we had a big goal of starting an LLC, which, hey, we did It is February now. We did that in January. High five. Um, That includes starting a bank account. We just had a meeting with a bookkeeper. Like all of those behind the scenes Mm -hmm. things that have to happen to keep a visit, like just a business going, right? Yeah. Um, We had the quitters challenge, which, oh my gosh, you guys, I got all the emails and I was participating in the challenge and I even knew about it. Like I've been sitting next to Brittany while she's writing the emails. They are so good. If you missed out, I really hope we bring it back sometime. If you'd like us to bring it back, definitely let us know. But that was wonderful. And we have a lot of collaborations that we're trying to set up. And I think that is going to be, number one, free coaching for us. Woohoo! I'm kidding. But also, yes. And number two, we are really trying to bring people to you who are going to just change your whole mindset and your life and your view on things. And that, to me, is amazing. Mm -hmm. She's talking about a lot of collaborations within the business, but specifically on the podcast, actually. So we've had, we're doing some groundwork. We're getting our feet wet with a lot of different guests. And I think that has been some of the most fun we've had this year already, is just interviewing different people, having lots of really good conversations. Sterling Jakewith is coming live this week, uh, the week that we're podcasting. In the studio, you won't hear this until the week after. So Sterling Jacob just came out, and her podcast was fire. The conversations we had with her were so good. Like, God has just been blessing us time and time again with these beautiful women to bring and be able to share with you, our listeners. And it's not like they're women who haven't been where you are. 
And I think that's a really important point, too, is that we're finding people who do have some experience in the things that you might be dealing with day to day. So we've got the collaborations. Did I miss anything, Brittany? No, I think that's it. That's that's all of our first quarter goals. And we haven't really gone any farther than that because we're going to look at our business goals as almost finish lines. So when we hit those and we have space for a new one, we're going to add a new one. So we're not actually just like, okay, we're absolutely hitting these month one or quarter one. We're going to take the time it takes. We're going to put in as much as we can give to the business because we are balancing our lives with this business constantly. We're balancing homeschooling and being a wife and being a mom and then being a homemaker as well. And so plus being a taxi a lot of times because we have, I have a wide range of kids right now and I have teens that are in activities and I have little kids who are in activities and finding the balance between just actual time to get things done is a big challenge for us. So these goals we're looking at and we're just saying, hey, we're going to set this site high. We're going to work towards this until it's done. And when we have new space, we're going to add in something different. Yeah. So we've got ideas of what's to come, but right now that's all. Yeah. Which is good because also for someone like me, I'm less likely to forget it. And I think for someone like Brittany, you're less likely to hold yourself to a standard of, well, this must be done by this date. I would agree. Yes. Because I tend to get disappointed when we don't hit our (laughs) goal lines or finish lines. And I don't get disappointed because I don't even remember what they were. (laughs) Because she's like, oh, are we working on that? Uh, Okay. So let's look at the next one. We both did, you did kind of health and holiness together. Yes. And then for me, I had health and holiness broken out. So you dig into health and holiness, how you're combining them. And then I'll dig into my two, how I've separated them out. Ooh, okay. So I love alliteration, guys. I think Brittany does too, too, actually. So I was jealous when I heard you say that. I was like, oh, yes, that's good. (laughs) Health and holiness. How can I change mine? (laughs) I know, but H is so hard because home, home and uh, like any, yeah, it's a whole thing. Habit. We'll just add holiness to all of it. Home and holiness. There you go. Health and holiness. Yes. (laughs) So I put health and holiness together. And for me, for this quarter, Lent for us, because we're Catholic, is going to be a really big part of February and March, Mm -hmm. not so much April. But what I've decided to do this year is to really lean into Lent in the form of prayer and fasting. And I would like to also up my almsgiving, but that's a little bit less than the prayer and fasting. So lots of you maybe have followed me and you know that I'm a big fan of the faster way. And we also have other resources for fasting that I can put in the show notes. But I don't eat fish, which poses a problem, a real everyday problem for Lent. So it's not for lack of trying. I just don't like fish. I also grew up in Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. That's a lie. There are way more. Anyways, (laughs) so instead of eating fish on Fridays, I'm going to do something that I've done in past years, which is those are the days that I'm going to do my 24-hour fasts. But... In addition to that, I'm really going to try and dig in and learn about fasting, not only from a scientific standpoint, but also from a spiritual standpoint, because there are very good things about both of those. And there's a lot of really good information on both of those. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the things I'm leaning into. I also fast daily just for 16 hours short. Most of it is spent sleeping. I love sleeping. And I'm adding my Bible in a year back. 
and I haven't done that for a couple of years, but I'm going to add it back at least three times a week in English and Spanish. And that kind of correlates with a bigger life goal that I have. But that is something that I'm really committing to doing during Lent. You are amazing. I love those. Mine are much smaller and simpler in these areas. <laughs> so the first one I'll talk about is to feel good in our bodies. And the things that we're doing, we're really focusing on sleep this first quarter because that seems to be one of the things that has escaped us for almost 15 years now and seems to be the thing that has the most impact on our next day, on tomorrow's us. So we thought, what would have the absolute most impact if we changed one thing for our bodies? And after hashing it out and discussing all these different things, we landed on sleep as being one of the most important and the most impactful things that we could do to change that. So right now, our goal is to have a strict lights out time at 10.30 p.m. and then on the weekends, 11.30 p.m. so that we still have a little bit of time to spend time together or to visit or to do other things when our son works late on Friday and Saturday so it makes it a little more challenging to get to bed early because we still have to go pick him up and then he comes home and we like to spend a little bit of time with him. So we tried to work those in that were really reasonable but that also were achievable. And then every time that we get to bed on time, we get to fill in a circle because you guys know me. <laughs> and one of the incentives we created for ourselves is we would actually really love to go away as a couple to a tiny house. My dear friends all got together and got us a tiny house stay about an hour and a half from our home. And it was one of the most rejuvenating, refilling, refueling, literally soul-filling things that we have done in many years to go away and have no agenda and just stay in a small space together and just enjoy each other's company. And so that's kind of our incentive. We said, okay, if we stay, if we go to sleep every night, oh no, actually, that's not for that one. <laughs> that's for our budgeting goal. So if we stay in our budgeting goal for an entire month, we get to tick off one night in that tiny house. So that's that goal. Let me tell you actually what our goal is for if we go to sleep every night on time. There is a beautiful farmer's market in Pensacola that we love to visit. And so whenever we go to sleep on time for an entire 30 days, we are going to take a date to Pensacola and spend the whole day at the farmer's market, walking around, eating all of the different carts and foods and treats and snacks and things. And so that is our goal for that. I would say that's worth it, y'all. I've been to that farmer's market. I actually went when they had the children's business fair with Brittany's kids were there. We came out to see how it was. It is so delightful. It is. It's just such a beautiful walk, and it's just so nice to smell all the good smells and to see all the neat little people and all of their adorable wares, and it's just fun. It's just soul-giving. Well, and I think this is one thing that we should mention is that Brittany has, like, a prize at the end. I do. Right? Because <laughs> I'm a little kid, man. I want no, a prize when I get done. <laughs> that is good, and that probably goes back to, like, your motivations and all those things. I don't. Actually, I'm looking at every single goal and I don't really have a prize because check like just doing it and remembering it. That actually will be my prize, I think. 
there are some of ours that the reward is in the action. But I was definitely like, listen, I need more motivation. I want to be able to check things off. And I want to be like, that's the prize I'm working towards because that's going to keep me more committed. So this year, that was a new thing that we're trying. No, but that's important. So if you're someone, think about how you're motivated, right? If you're sitting out there and you're making your own goals, maybe you need a prize at the end. Yes. And that is okay. And we actually did look at things financially as well because you have to be careful with your making prizes because it can get a little out of hand really quick. (laughs) So some of the things, a lot of the things we're trying to choose things that don't cost very much money. Going to Pensacola and the farmer's market for the day usually costs us about $20 to $25. And we'll eat lunch and we'll get little snacks and little drinks and everything and we'll just walk for hours. And so for us, that's totally manageable. And it checks off the moving your body's goal. Yes, it does. Hello. (laughs) Come on. That's like, I'm all about twofers. That's huge. Okay, so let's get into our relationship with God. So 2023, like I said, was hard. I I was trying to do mass and adoration every Wednesday. There were a lot of things we were trying to do. And then just things kept falling off the bandwagon, one right after another, one right after another. And we had some health stuff that we were dealing with. And then just like trying to recover from those things and It was just a lot of making do on bare minimum and not doing the things that were really important to us because the capacity and the energy just wasn't there to create these new habits and to start these new habits and to keep up with them. So for our relationship with God, we really wanted to focus on our families, our children's relationship with God and our specific personal relationships with God. And so one of the things we did is we instituted a family prayer time and we tied it with an actual anchor that's already in our day. For us, that's mealtime. So as soon as mealtime is over, and i got to share this with you because it's actually been working super well, and it's kind of funny, but we do a nightly eczema as soon as the dinner table is finished. So the minute the people stop eating, we walk away from the dinner table. We don't clean anything up. If you're the last person to take that last bite, you don't do anything else. You just go to the couches. And then we actually turn off all the lights because when you have lots of kids, people tend to start goofing off. They tend to start like poking and messing with each other. And then some people are like, why are you staring at me? So my husband literally just like walked over, turned off all of the lights and was like, okay, we're praying in darkness tonight. And it worked so well, you guys. So we do a family examine every night in darkness. And my husband or I will typically lead or we'll invite one of our older children to lead and sometimes our younger ones. So the first thing we do is we ask for our hearts to be open to his presence and for our minds to be with him and ready to be open and vulnerable and loving and kind and charitable. The next thing we do is everyone shares a moment that they are very grateful for. It could be a beautiful moment. It could be a beautiful thing. And then the next thing we do is say something, a place where we felt deeply loved today. And we relate that to the fact that our father deeply loves us. And the way that we feel that love and experience that love here on earth is through other people and through other things. Maybe you felt deeply loved when you did something for another person. Maybe it's when someone did something for you or when you were walking outside and you saw a bird flying over and it was really beautiful and you were like, ah, I feel deeply loved by the Father. So the next thing we do is actually something very vulnerable and has been something that is quite possibly the most impactful thing we've invited into our family maybe ever, (laughs) which is really surprising. And it's just a simple thing of saying sorry to God for something that we have done that day that may have harmed someone or that a place where we have recognized that we have fallen short of being the best version of ourselves. And so we'll say something like, Lord, please forgive me. 
for yelling at my children today when I felt hopeless and I was worried we were going to be late or when I was feeling fearful and I was unkind to this person. Please forgive me, Lord. I love you so much. And it's taken a little bit of trust building, but because everyone shares something they're sorry for, we're actually directing that towards God. And so we're teaching our children how to bring their hearts, their brokenness and everything to God every single night. We're also kind of getting a side seat to some of these things that people feel sorry about. And so my some of my children might not come and apologize directly to their sibling, but they still get to be part of that knowledge that they're sorry for those actions. And that has been really powerful. And I'll hear one say sorry for something and then another one say sorry for the same thing. And my husband and I have been having a lot of really good conversations lately. And I think this one single action of doing the family examen is starting to change the heartbeat of our family. And so it's been really, really powerful to get to see one of these goals, these habit things start to really play out and change the dynamic of who we are. So that's one of the things that we started instituting at the beginning of the year and has really been paying off big. It's it's one of our biggest priorities. But do we hit it every single night? I just want to share this. Mamas, no, we don't. There are some nights where we don't and people go to bed or there are really bad attitudes and people get sent to bed. We are trying to be as consistent as possible and invite these beautiful things in, but not at the expense of your own capacity. Of, yes, of love of each other and things like that. Like sometimes there are times where we just have to say, okay, we're not hitting this tonight because this isn't going to be something that builds us up and is a beautiful thing. This is something that is just going to be contentious and it's going to cause additional problems. Or sometimes we took a meal to a friend who really needed one. And that meant we were at home after dinner. And there was a lot of after dinner chaos that happened. And when we got home, there were a lot of things that had to be kind of sifted through and worked on. So we didn't get to prayers that night. It is one of our biggest priorities, but I just want to share that because I think that even our biggest priorities, like there are going to be days where we fall short and where it doesn't happen. And as Tiffany always says, you just pick up the day after perfect. So we told the kids that when we hit 30 days of prayers, because we want them really one of the deeper goals here is to create personal prayer lives in our children. And we decided that we can't really expect them to have personal prayer lives if we're not cultivating a family habit of prayer. And so we would like to cultivate this beauty of prayer we'd like our kids to see us praying together at night when they come in and interrupt us because they absolutely are going to and so (laughs) one of the things we want to do to motivate our children to be excited about this family prayer is to create when we hit our 30 days something we do as a family and so we'll either be going to the beach together as a family we'll be doing a family walk or hike and so there are a lot of we ask the kids to each write down little ideas and put them in a jar and then we'll kind of shake that up and the the, I guess, parameters for that is that it cannot cost more than about 20 to $50. So we can't be like, we're going to go to Disney World because I definitely had a kid who was like, oh, I've got ideas. And I was like, no, no, simmer down there. <laughs> You've got to bring those back a little bit. Reel Make it them in. a little more reasonable. <laughs> so when we finish that 30 days, we'll pull something out of the jar and we'll do that as a family. I like that. That's so you're kind of meeting family prayer with family fun. Yes. I like yeah. that. Yeah. A lot of our goals kind of interweave with one another right now, like the health goal. And with Lent coming up, a lot of our things are kind of combining in in between each other. And it's been neat to see that as well, that you can kind of all of these areas of our lives overlap. And when we start making movement and growth in one area, it impacts other areas. And that's a really beautiful thing to see. Oh, it absolutely will. You guys, you could make 
two goals, and they could be completely unrelated, but somehow, in some way, they're going to touch at some point, especially if you stay consistent. Absolutely. So that's right now our goal. And then my husband and I have kind of a separate one where he and I pray every single night together before we go to sleep. That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay. As always, I'm talking way too long on this. So let's keep going. What is the next one you'd like to bring in? Homeschooling. We overlap in homeschooling. Ah, we do overlap in homeschooling. That is a good one. Okay. So this year, my goal, I'm actually going to homeschool. No, I'm kidding. Um... (laughs) Kind of, kind of, kind of. Our homeschooling goal is part of our bigger theme of raising adults. Now, I have one son who's already 19, so I kind of had to group everyone together because I have kids who are homeschooled and I have kids who are not homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So two of my goals actually this time revolve around raising adults. And the first one is actually honoring our homeschool because for me... I have shiny object syndrome. I'm sure no one else deals with that. But I just, I love doing all the things. I love meeting with all the people. One of my prayers for my children was that I would find opportunities for them to get around other people of a variety of types, right? Like I just wanted them to be in social situations. This is different than socialization. I need to mention that because I have had several kids in school, two who, one who has graduated, one who will graduate. And I will tell you, in public school, socialization is not a thing in the way that you might think it is. So that is worth mentioning. Yes. However, it is easy to have shiny object syndrome and to want to do all the things except for the things that maybe you should be doing, like math and languages, which are very important to me. So what I'm doing in the month of February, and I actually did it in January too, is setting schooling hours and sticking to those hours and getting whatever we can get done in that time and then moving on to the next day. I love that. So actually, that's an area we've been somewhat consistent in at our house. My goal is to stay consistent with our spiral notebooks because that's been serving us really, really well. One of the other things that my husband said he really wanted to incorporate is he has every other Mondays off. And right now, those every other Mondays, they just kind of get absorbed into our regular days. And it's just kind of mass chaos because having a change in your schedule like that changes the dynamic of how the day is going and everything. And so it's like it's almost like we're fighting against the flow to try and keep our regular routine because he's off. But then also we're trying to enjoy him because he's off. And so it's this weird dichotomy of like trying to figure out the day every single Monday he has off, even though you're like, surely by now we've got it figured out. No, we don't. (laughs) Every single Monday is like the same level of odd chaos. So instead, he's like, what if we just started instituting like a random fun day every month? And you and I decide like, let's do something randomly fun. You know, maybe that's go on a picnic. Maybe that is go on a hike. Maybe it is just literally wake the kids up in the morning and be like, guess what? We're going to the beach. And so he's like, it kind of ticks off some of these other boxes where we want to prioritize family and fun and time together. And so we've got an almost 16-year-old all the way down to four. And what I'm realizing is a lot of what Tiffany's realizing is that when you get on this side of babies, time goes a lot faster. Those years that tick away before your children start to move on to all their own endeavors and they start to work jobs and they 
they're not as big a part of the family. It's a big, beautiful thing. Like it's exactly designed as it's meant to be designed. We're supposed to start pulling back more and more and more and more. That starts at 12 and it continues on the rest of their lives. But when you really do start to settle into that stage, you're like, oh gosh, like maybe you won't be traveling with us next year when we go on that family vacation oh gosh, you're not here for dinners every single night anymore, you know? And so one of the things we wanted to do was prioritize a little bit more family time. So for us, it's the random fun days, it's keeping up with our spiral notebooks. And then my son is getting into college now. He's interested in being a pilot. And so for me, that's an area where I really struggle to have movement on because I'm very intimidated by the idea of getting them into college and talking to the people and helping him figure all of this stuff out because it's very unfamiliar to me. So that's one of my goals. This first quarter is just to kind of get our feet wet and get these first small steps down so that we can start moving forward with that. That is amazing, by the way. And I am no help to Brittany because we do college in a very different way than her family will. So that is worth mentioning that even you and your very good friend could have a totally different experience of school and what the next steps for school can look like, right? Absolutely, yes. Well, how do you do it? So actually, that is my second Raising Adults-themed goal Ooh. for my second oldest son. I'm calling it the Noble Pre-Launch. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because I really want to set him up for success. So for our family, my husband is 100% disabled. He is a veteran. So I have not prioritized college courses during high school for my kids because I know that those are going to be paid for after now. Mm-hmm. They are, I, they are paid for now. They are paid for but. now, yes, because of the state that we live in, which benefits, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's like, a dual enrollment program where you can, while you're still homeschooling, start taking college classes. And, and that's not just in Florida because I personally benefited from that in Minnesota mm-hmm. many, many moons ago. Uh, and so I actually did my senior year of high school in college. So it's very likely that whatever state you live in, wherever you might be, there is a program similar to that. But for me, it looks a little different because I am worried about different paperwork that I need to file as my kids turn 18 with the VA, with Social Security, things like that. Um, We are really encouraging our kids to do community college first because, y'all, it's a great deal. It's like 45% 45% off, basically, mm-hmm. than, than a, a big university. And the classes are the same. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the same. And they're probably better. Especially the college. core classes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because you probably have instructors who actually care. None of my instructors cared. When, <laughs> I, when I went to a big state university, literally, I had 300 people in my math class. Whoa. 500 people in my psychology class. Probably 150 in my calculus class. I thought like 15 to 20 people in my college classes was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and you go, so I went to the University of Minnesota. You go from this huge university class to not only do you have to have this big class of people, but then you have, quote unquote, a lab, right? You have a lab for psychology, a lab for calculus, a lab for everything. So your teacher may not be a native English speaker, which is totally fine, right? Like we need to get these people in. But also, the person who is teaching your lab may also 
not be a native English speaker, which can cause problems if you're having a difficulty understanding what you're learning anyways, like calculus. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. There is one person who was like totally responsible for me actually passing calculus, <laughs> and it wasn't either of my teachers, you guys. So anyways, so we are encouraging community colleges. I am encouraging my child to apply for them, but I am not applying for him because I feel like that's a part of adulting. But it is my responsibility to apply for the FAFSA, which is a giant mess this year. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, they changed all the parameters about it. And because we live in the state of Florida and we will have Florida scholarships, which you will too, with Bright Futures and whatnot, there's a separate financial aid for you actually have to fill out in Florida. So I'll be coming to you for those. I can help you with those ones. Yes. (laughs) When he turns 18. Yeah. Uh, Which is coming very fast. It will come so much quicker than you actually believe it will. Sweet Mamas, we're going to take a pause here because we want you to have a little bit of time to digest what we just talked about, but also to go back and love on your people. And we know that Mama's time is short. So we're going to cut the podcast here and we're going to put the second half out next week. But we also want to really encourage you, if you've listened this far, can you DM us or email us with one takeaway that you've gotten from this podcast? And we'd also like to ask and tell you that it would mean the world to Tiffany and I if you could take a minute to review the podcast. You can do it on whatever platform you currently listen to, and it would help us in a big way to be able to continue growing and also to continue inviting guests on who speak to the heart of your motherhood and who help you learn and gain new knowledge, new perspectives, new ideas based on the experiences that someone else has shared. And don't ever forget... You are doing beautiful work.